Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Power Man Podcast. My name is Rory Paquette, and I am, as always, your very humble host. A little more humble than normal today. I am sick as an absolute dog. <laughs> so if my voice doesn't sound quite up to snuff, uh, that's why. <laughs> a little bit different, I'm, I'm sure. Um, we do have, uh, you know, our, our favorite and uh, vastly preferred beverage sitting here in front of us, so that's helping a lot. Uh, if you're a friend of the program, you know what that is. That's right. We're going to pour it right now. Uh, hopefully you can hear that deliciousness. Uh, that's right. It's Freedom Hill Coffee. Deep, dark, rich, bold, beautiful. Absolutely succulent. Pleasing. Aromatic. Wonderful. Just like my wife. Um, Freedom Hill Coffee can be uh, found at Freedom Hill Coffee on Instagram. They do all the right things for all the right reasons. They uh, brew a fantastic cup of joe. They've got some you know, really cool merch. And they also help veterans. And uh, they support veterans. That's why I support them. Today... Um, you know, look, getting sick is one thing. Everybody gets sick. Um, let me take a sip of my beverage here. Uh, it's gotten to the point now where I have to actually keep a, a canteen down here to refill the coffee cup uh, because I'm drinking so much of this during the program now. Um, but, you know, I digress. Uh, especially today, I think you guys will all forgive me for that. So we're going to go a little slower. I'm going to keep my voice, hopefully, at a deeper pitch and just sort of try and power through this. If I talk at my regular decibel, it uh, gets really squeaky. So um, it doesn't work really good. Um, anyway, like I said, we all get sick. Uh, here at the Power Man, you know, we have only one way of dealing with that. You know, you uh, <laughs> you power up and you power on. And if you need a little preferred beverage to help you get there, then that's what you do. Um, but anyway, I, uh, but we've been doing some interviews and we have some more coming out, uh, which are going to be really cool. We had one just come out, uh, with pastor Cody Killian. Hope you guys caught that one. Um, it was incredible. The guy's just a, a powerful young man, um, full of faith and, um, you know, building programs to help other men become better fathers, better husbands. We, we need so much more of that. You know, I had somebody ask me, hey, why do you have a guy on who's doing the same thing that you're doing? And I, I'm, I said, we're, we're not. <laughs> we are in the same, like, genre. Um, we both want to help husbands and fathers. But he's addressing the spiritual needs of, uh, of men in that scenario. I mean, he's a, a trained pastor. It's his area of expertise. And, Cody, if you're listening, I, I understand he doesn't like to be called an expert. So, um, but he knows more about it than I do. And I think he's more qualified to help men who are looking for that particular spiritual um, assistance. You know, my assistance comes from a place of raw experience. And, you know, I'm uh, over 50 years old. I have three fantastic children. I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through uh, parenting. I've gone through you know, infant children that don't sleep. I've gone through the school sports, you know, academics, orchestras, bands, singing, you know, grades, uh, social anxieties. I mean, whatever, whatever had to happen. Social media was created on, you know, my watch as a parent. And I watched my kids, you know, have to deal with the dangers of it and, and have to deal with it being new. And now I watch them just fully exploiting the heck out of how great it is for them to grow. Um, it's been a, an incredible ride as a parent. 
And now, you know, my wife and I are dealing with empty nest syndrome, which frankly might be the hardest part out of all of it. And I've talked about a little, this a little bit before. Um, one of the hardest parts about empty nest syndrome, and if you're going through it or you went through it, you can identify with this, is that you spend your whole life devoting every minute of every day, every, every second to what do my kids need? Am I taking care of them? Am I getting them where they need to be? Am I getting them where they have to go? I've got, you know, uh, everything from meals to time, to sports, to, uh, to activities, to homework, to when do they wake up to how do you spend your off days to every single thing under the sun, your job, your career, how does that impact your family? Blah, blah, blah. The whole bit. It all matters. It all has bearing on your kids and to spend almost 30 years of my life thinking about really nothing but my kids and, you know, with my wife and I and career and everything else really being a conditional afterthought, um, to be alone now, to be sitting there, just the two of us staring at each other, like, okay, now what? <laughs> has been one of the most difficult things we've had to transition through. Uh, because it isn't just, all right, well, you know, I guess I don't have to buy five pounds of chicken every single day per kid. Um, I mean, if you guys have seen my, my family, my boys are huge and basically ate me out of house and home. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's those things, the material things that change, uh, that are different. There's, um, you know, how do you fill up your day? How do you prioritize your own relationship, your tasks, your, your future? And for the first time in our lives, my wife and I are actually sitting here talking to each other about our futures, her future individually, my future individually, our future as a married couple. Um, where do we want to go? What are we trying to do? What do we want to still accomplish? Excuse me. I'm very sorry. Couldn't hit pause in time. Tried. Um, like I said, sick as a dog. Let's get a little more beverage. <sighs> All right, here we go. We'll keep going. But we find ourselves in that spot where for the first time we're having these discussions. Um, I've gone the route of, you know, talking with mentors. Uh, I've gone the route of, uh, bringing on uh, personal coaches. I have, you know, bought into programs. I've, uh, sort of, you know, done a lot of self-examination and, uh, nothing is clear. I'd love to be able to come on today and share some sort of just defining clarifying moment where the sea parted and the sun shined brightly. And, um, you know, I had a, a reckoning of a moment or something about this and I've had moments like that and I've shared them with you and, and I've talked about them, but on this, I'm not going to lie to you, gentlemen, this is a fight. You're fighting years of habit years of how do I prioritize myself and my wife now, you know, I still imagine what if one of my 
kids really need something and I'm not able to help them with it. You know, I'm not, so I have to keep, I can't buy this for myself. I can't buy that for my wife. I can't, you know, she and I can't do this or do that or plan this expense or not because the kids might need something. This morning, I did get hit with that revelation. My kids are not kids. They're always going to be my kids to me and to my wife, but they're not children. Accepting that fact, accepting that they're, they're real people. They're adults. <laughs> Accepting that they're very capable adults. Is one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. And I didn't see it coming. But it's actually become a crutch for for me. Um... My wife has had a hard time with it, but she's always been much more self-aware. <laughs> she's always been able to, I don't know, clear through the haze better than me. And uh, she recognizes that they're adults. It doesn't mean that she doesn't feel the pain just as much as I do. But her awareness is ahead of mine. And I have just recently sort of come to that conclusion. I mean, you know, my, my daughter bought a house, <laughs> you know, uh, my boys have started businesses. I, they're both making great money and doing great things and living their lives and planning their futures. And I mean, you know, investing and the whole, I mean, they're so far ahead of other people their age right now. I mean, look, they, they don't need me for support in that way anymore. I may have mentioned this before, but, you know, my youngest summed it up uh, and said, you know, dad, I look at you now like you're my life coach. You're always going to be my dad, but I don't need you to, you know, pay for my, you know, protein powder. <laughs> He goes, I don't need you to, you know, make my car payment for me. I need you to be my advisor, my life coach. You know, when he went to buy his car, he took me with him. You know, he wanted to know more about the process. Took dad. When he goes to buy a home or investment properties or something like that, he's more than likely going to take me with him since I have a lot of expertise in that area. It's, it's that shift that all the kids have realized and that my wife has sort of come on board with that I have just been resisting. And I'm sure there are a lot of you guys out there that feel the same way. It's like you, you just can't let go. And there are a lot of, a lot of dads who are more detached, you know, and they're going to be like, Oh, come on, man. You know, look, they grow up, you move out, you know, at 18, they better be out of the house. You know, yeah, they got to go. Got to, sorry, not on my dime. I mean, look, that's all great but I'm being real right now. You know, I'm, I'm talking about real life things. I'm not trying to posture. And that's why I do what I do. 
because there's so many of you guys out there that feel the same way or, you know, similarly or close, and you're never going to talk about it because it's not cool and it may not be masculine enough. It might be too vulnerable. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, my kids have been my everything, my absolute everything for three decades. And you don't just wake up one day and shut that off and go, okay, now what? More than half of my life on this earth has been devoted to my kids. That's a tough one, boys. I mean, that really is a tough one to overcome. So I've learned a few things about myself, about my kids, about, you know, how we handle things as empty nesters. And I hope that this doesn't just help empty nesters. I hope it also helps you folks before you get to that point. One of the points I want to make today is that paying the bills is not enough. That's number one today. Paying the bills is simply not enough. For my son to say he wants me to be his life coach, that's, that's not paying bills. That's not, you know, hey, Dad, you know, I, I might need you to, you know, Venmo me, you know, 100 bucks real quick because I'm hurting. No, that's, that's, hey, I got this. But I still need you. And basically, you become an on-call parent. <laughs> But you only get that, you only get to that point if you've been there. So dads, if you're just going to work and coming home and paying the bills and, you know, going out for bowling night or softball or whatever the hell else, you know, you think you're doing to, you know, take care of you. If you're not being there for your kids first, if you're not making sure the homework's done, if you're not talking to them about their sports, if you're not you know, going out back, throwing, throwing the ball, playing catch, if you're not helping them with their orchestra, if you're not, you know, pushing them to become more, to join more things, to grow as people. When they grow up, they're going to leave and they're not going to ask you to come with them. And then you're going to be sitting there in the empty nest fighting, fighting for attention, fighting to be included, fighting to be the good grandpa. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. So like I said, paying bills, it's important, but it's not enough. The second thing is, do not pass on your crap. Don't pass on your generational curse to your kids. And this can take a hundred different forms, but you know, one of the, the examples I really like to use is like I told you guys in one of my earlier podcasts, I used to sell life insurance, um, miserable job. Any, anybody who actually does that for a living power to you, I don't know how you do it. I couldn't stand it, <laughs> but I walked into a guy's house and started talking to him about it. And you know, his company was paying for a bunch of it because they had a deal worked out through his union. And he just looked me square in the face and said, no, thanks. And I'm like, well, how are you going to pay for your funeral? He said, I'm not. 
<laughs> he basically said, once I'm dead, I don't care if they throw me out in the back in a cardboard box. I'm, I'm done. It's not my problem anymore. And I said, well, what about taking care of your family? Well, when I'm gone, it's not my problem anymore either. Yeah, you know, again, that's the guy you just want to punch in the face. But that guy's passing on his generational crap. His kids are going to grow up with that same attitude. Or they may grow up with that. Be aware of your ideas of scarcity, of your beliefs around money. Be aware of whether or not you're willing to go take a chance. What you're willing to do with your career, what you're willing to do with with your life. And look at the lessons that you're teaching your kids outside of school and sports and, you know. life. Look at what you're showing them. Look at the example that you're setting and how you're leading them. I'm not going to get into how you have to lead your family. You've heard that before and we'll talk about it again, but that's not the topic of the day. Encourage them to open their minds more than your mind is open. Encourage them to seek their truth. Encourage them to seek out whatever it is they need to find. Talk to them about what actually makes them happy. Don't just assume that there's a path that they have to follow, you know? And it happens especially with with college and especially with sports parents, you know, when our kids get into sports, all we can think about is, you know, helping them get a scholarship to get to some college somewhere so that they can get their college paid for. And for those of us who don't have a ton of money to be able to just write a check to college, you know, pay for Yale out of our pocket, that scholarship is huge. It may be the only way they get to go. But what happens is our fears are imprinted on them and they grow up going, this is what I should be doing. And I don't regret a whole lot, but I do regret not talking more to my, both of my boys, especially about what they wanted for their future. Because it would have guided things a lot differently when they were younger. Um, I've always done everything I could to, you know, work from the heart, try and just do the right thing. And I've always believed that, you know, 90% of, of being a good dad is giving a damn. And I still do believe that, but that does leave 10% for error. And when you get to be an empty nester, all you think about is the errors. It's the errors that haunt you. And so I'm encouraging you to not pass on your crap and take a real good look at what it is you're passing on to them so that you're not sitting here in your fifties as an empty nester thinking about the 10% of mistakes. The last point that I want to share with you is that your life is worth living. Living. 
And that may sound like a nice generic meme or something, but when you get to be the empty nester, when, when all of a sudden you don't have that purpose anymore, you have to find another one. And my purpose has shifted when it comes to my kids to being more of the advisor, more of the life coach, more of the, hey, I'm here when you need me. And certainly inserting myself into the mix when I think they need me and they don't think that they do. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to go away. But you have value. And you have, you have a mission beyond your kids too. Now, I'm a big believer, an absolute believer in, you know, one of the things that, that I consider to be a, almost a mission statement here at Power Man. The people who depend on you have to be more important to you than you are to you. Every time I put something like that up, I get, you know, 500 people, you know, uh, who are, you know, waving a flag or something and just going, oh, hey, you know, you can't live that way. You have to take care of yourself first and blah, blah, blah. Look, <clears throat> I get the idea, like I've said before, that you have to put your mask on when the plane is going down. You got to do that so that you can help everybody else put theirs on. Okay. I get it. I really do understand that if you're not strong enough to take care of the family, well, then you aren't, don't have a whole lot of value in taking care of your family. You're not going to make it very far. <clears throat> but what I'm sick to death of seeing are guys who <laughs> step out on their families and then complain <laughs> that they don't have the life they want. Guys who, you know, ignore their kids don't go to their events, you know, don't support all of the different things they want to do because it's too tough because they need sleep. You know, I mean, because they, they're busy. And when you talk to any of these guys who put themselves first, they use all of that self-help to rationalize being a pathetic father. Now, I don't think that's anybody who's listening here. So I am not talking to you guys who are listening. I'm just, you know, telling you I'm, I'm sick of seeing that with the outside world here. And so I don't want any of you to fall into that. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not that kind of man. You're not now and you won't be. I hope. Because the problem we have now is that all of the external forces in the world from the government to social media to society to entertainment, it is all trying to pull you down. It's all trying to make you afraid. It's trying to make you accept stuff that you know is just not right. It's trying to keep you from God. I mean, it's doing everything in its power to say, you take care of you and don't worry about those people. We'll take care of them. We'll take care of them for you. Don't worry. Gentlemen, As long as you're following the credo of the people who depend on you have to be more important to you than you are to you. And they are taken care of. Once that's accomplished, you do need to take care of you. You do need to make yourself a priority. 
And I'm just now coming into the second part of that. I've spent the last 30 years with the first part of that being my, my mission statement. And I'm only just now realizing that the people that I've been taking care of, they don't depend on me anymore for life. They depend on me to be their dad. They depend on me to to be there for them if they ever need me. They depend on my advice, on any wisdom I might be able to share, on any stories about some of the scars that I have so that they can stop themselves from incurring the same pain. But they don't depend on me for life. Neither one of them needs me to pay their, their car payment or their phone bill. Neither one of them needs me to buy them groceries in order to be alive. They both are very capable and both doing it on the daily. So when you realize that the people who depend on you no longer actually depend on you, you are left without purpose. And part of our gig is we've got to find it. We've got to find a new one. And that purpose should be about you. It should be about you. It should be about your your wife. It should be about your marriage. It should be about recognizing that those are three separate things. Too many of us look at our marriage and, and that's also our wife. It's hard for us as men to realize that every thought we have and every problem we're trying to solve and every, uh, you know, issue that's bothering us and every emotional piece of baggage that we're carrying and the way it hurts is all also being felt, being a weight on your spouse. Now, we worry about things differently. We think about things differently. We have different needs and thoughts and wants. But when you realize that your wife is an individual who's actually feeling a lot of these same things, and you realize that the marriage is not a thing. The marriage is the vehicle. The marriage is an action. It's easy to sit here and go, yeah, I'm married. But are you marrying her every day? Is she marrying you every day? To be honest, marriage should really be a verb. It should be an action. If you're building your life, does she want to help you? If she's building hers, are you there for her? It's really easy for us all to get into this, you know, mode of, well, you know, these are my needs that I need met. Boom. Here's the list. I'm taking care of me. I'm empowering myself. I'm standing up for myself. I'm done dealing with this. You know what? This is what I need. And if she looked you in the eye and said, do you know what it is that I need? How many of us wouldn't be able to answer that question? 
So the third thing, guys, is that you have value. You have value as a husband. You still have value as a father. And you have value to yourself. Along with that value comes power. And you have that power. But a wise man pays very close attention to how he uses it. And I hope that that's something that you guys will think about. Make sure that whatever it is you're doing, the people who depend on you, yeah, that they're taken care of. And also make sure that you're going first. What can I do for those people first before what do I need them to do for me? I cannot imagine a world where that's going to fail. Guys, I really can't. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of this. I'd love to hear what you have to say about any of these things. I know that, you know, a lot of guys are very concerned with their own mental health. And you know what? Good. We need to be. But I also know a lot of guys are using that as a crutch. And I hate seeing that. So I'd love to hear what you all have to say. Send me a DM. Comments are always public, and I know that gets a little crazy. And uh, I know the IG police are always looking at folks who are wondering who they like and stuff like that because they want to you know, put you in a classification. Um, just send me a DM. You know, Facebook or Instagram. Shoot me a DM. We can chat. Love to hear what you have to say about it and what your thoughts are. In the meantime, if you're an empty nester, I hope this helps move forward. If you're not an empty nester yet, be thinking about these things while they're with you because that time flies by. Be thinking about it. Prepare yourself for it. Prepare them for it. And then when you get to the point where your nest is empty, maybe you won't be as lost as I found myself. It hasn't been fun. So plan ahead because you're worth it. You just got to believe it. Until next time.